Hi, this is Jody. This is Wednesday, June 23rd, our first meeting with Dawn Arda. She is from Cambridge, England, and she's also Thai like me, so we have a little connection going on. How are you today, Dawn? Hey, Hi, I'm fine, thank you, and thanks very much for um, inviting me to do this podcast. It's, um, it's great to, to be here talking to you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what is it that you do, and why are you interested in this topic, like we are? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I'm a, a science research writer. Um, I studied um, natural sciences and chemical engineering to PhD, and um, I then worked as a research analyst at uh, a research consultancy for over 10 years. Um, and so I did a lot of research on um, projects to do with food and health and um, lots of other topics really and they tended to be for large multinationals and um, I found that the projects I was most interested in were the ones that um, involved how the foods we eat affect our health and how we can prevent disease and so I wanted to use my research skills to help the, the general public. So um, I, I then did a diploma in nutrition and I'm writing a book on how um, the foods we eat affect our health. Oh. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Okay, so you're basically looking to see which foods could help us not get cancer or cause cancer, things like that? Things like that, absolutely, yes. So one of the... Um, factors that, that got me really interested in this was my father um, passed away, you know, relatively young of cancer. Oh, um, sorry. And it was cool on cancer. And, um, you know, research shows that um, up to 30% of all cancers are linked to poor diet. And when it comes to um, cancers of the gastrointestinal tract, um, around 70% um, of these cancers are linked to diet. So there is a lot that we can do wow. with our diet and lifestyle to actually prevent this. Wow, that's a lot of percentage there. That's a huge percentage. My uncle in Thailand also passed away of cancer of his stomach. So... Nice. Do you think that this food lifestyle has to do with um, the way Asian people eat food, or do you think it just is the way it is all over the world? Um, I think it is the way it is all over the world. So, um, unfortunately, now we are eating a lot more um, processed foods, and we're, we're going away from you know eating whole um, foods, and we tend to eat a lot more refined, a lot more. Um, ready meals and um, those sorts of foods can really affect our health okay. and, um, you know, so we're taking in toxins, we're mm -hmm. using a lot more pesticides, right. um, there are a lot more chemicals in the environment now yeah. that um, weren't around before, weren't used before. Okay. So not just in the foods but in you know, packaging and things like that. That's only a small part of it. It's more the, the foods that we choose, the, the food choices that we make. Oh, so so basically anything that's prepackaged that's going to last forever is bad for you because of the additives and all the stuff that preserves it. I think um, it depends on how much of that you have in the diet. So, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, don't have any of it at okay. all. Well, it's it probably best to you don't. Right. But, um, you know, if, if you're eating that all the time, 
and not eating any fresh whole foods, then that's bound to affect your system. Okay. And um, so, I mean, it's not just the, um, the packaged stuff, it's the amount of um, fruit and vegetable you have in your diet. So, um, fiber, for example, is really important in the diet to, to keep the um, gastrointestinal tract healthy. So, um, you know, the more foods you, the more fiber you have in the diet, um, the faster the foods will move through your system and it will help you um, uh, pass out any toxins that you have, either from food or um, you know, anything else that you, you might ingest. Okay, so I'm starting to understand this better. You're just basically saying that the most important thing about eating is that the food gets processed properly in your body and however you can help that is the best. And by eating vegetables or things that are naturally grown, there's more yeah. fiber in it. Yes, yeah, that's right. So um, processed foods tend to contain less. Yeah, basically, um, plant foods will contain fibers. Okay. Um, so foods high in fiber are, are, for example, if you're thinking of vegetables, then uh, beans, um, lentils. All like your your leafy greens or broccoli, cauliflower. Um, so all these contain fiber, and they're really important for your for your gut microbes. So um, over the last um, few decades, few decades, so much uh, research has has uncovered the importance of your your gut microbiome. So these are the microbes that live uh, within your gut, and. Um, you know, research shows that there's you know around a hundred trillion microbes in the gut. Um, it's it's really amazing. They, wow. they affect so much. They affect <laughs> your health, so much of your health. They've also found you know there's um there's the gut brain axis, which is a two way communication system between the gut and the brain, and the, the signaling along this axis um, also includes messaging via the immune system and the central nervous system and the, your um, endocrine system, which is your hormone system. And basically your gut microbes influence all of these um, different systems. So, uh, all, so many aspects of your health. And these gut microbes feed on fiber. Oh. So fruits and vegetables, but the fibers in the, the fruits and vegetables that you eat. So if you, um, you know, give them a lot of these nutritious fibers, they're going to, you know, that the good um, gut bacteria is going to thrive and in turn, you know, they will benefit your health because they do so many things for you. You know, they produce your B vitamins, which um, are your anti-stress vitamins and your B vitamins also help to convert um, your food into energy. That's one aspect of it, but they will help balance out, um, you know, your hormones that help with reducing inflammation and also um, help with your mood as well. Yes. So now moods. Let's get into moods a little bit just for now because that's really, I'm kind of interested in moods with food with um, my children right sure. now, especially with the pandemic and kind of being locked in together for a while. Yeah. Um, I started noticing moods because, you know, I, I don't get to see them all day. They go to school, come sure. home. But now... I'll just answer, answer your last question. Okay. Uh, but, uh, in terms of yogurt and uh, granola bars, they do tend to contain a lot of sugar. Okay. So, 
So, um, yes, um, yogurt can be healthy. It has um, probiotics. Um, you know, the live um, yogurts will contain um, cultures that are good for your um, gut microbes. Okay. Supplement your gut microbes. But um, a lot of yogurts on the market do contain a lot of sugar. Okay. And if you look at granola, that will contain a lot of sugar as well. Okay. And um, in terms of having a lot of sugar and refined carbs in the diet that will definitely affect um, your mood because it affects your blood sugar so when we eat um, sugar and refined carbs um, our body converts these to glucose oh. in the in the blood stream um, and so it goes into the, the bloodstream and then our blood sugar levels rise and so you know we we get energy it's the trouble with um with sugar and refined carbs, it raises our blood sugar very quickly. Mm -hmm. So we get a surge in blood sugar. And too high blood sugar isn't good for us because it can um, damage our blood vessels, for oh. example. So oh. what the body does is it releases insulin. Um, and this is a hormone tell uh, all your cells to take in um, glucose to try and bring the blood sugar levels back down. If, the, if you get a surge in blood sugar, the body releases a whole load of insulin. Um, and so when too much insulin is released, um, this will cause the cell to take in too much um, glucose. And then after that, you will get a dip in blood sugar. So you'll get a crash. And when that happens, you also get a crash in energy, low blood sugar, which leads to irritability, anxiety, low moods. And so this is the trouble with having sugar and refined carbs. So this is the effect on the body. You get this um, blood sugar roller coaster. Yes. So it's actually much better um, to get your energy from slow releasing foods. So for example, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, proteins and fats don't actually raise blood sugar and they actually delay the emptying of the stomach. So if you have carbohydrates with proteins and fats, that will also help um, reduce the, the blood sugar surge. Okay. So basically he has a bowl of rice. Um, he can reduce his sugar level a little bit. Well, actually... Um, That's where I'm confused rice, again. Because carbs is rice, but rice turns into glucose also. Right? Yeah, so, so rice will definitely raise your um, blood sugar because um, it's yeah. carbohydrate. Okay. You know, one way you can reduce the, um, the blood sugar level surge from that is, uh, first of all, you can have um, whole grain rice, which... Um, so any foods that contain fiber will slow the release of the blood sugar. That's why um, fruits and vegetables, I mean, they're um, high in carbohydrates, but the, the fiber um, delays the release of the, uh, of the glucose because um, it's basically down to how fast we can digest it. And, you know, with the, the fiber, um, it impedes um, the access for digestive enzymes. So our digestive enzymes can't get to the carbohydrates as easily because they're bound in this fiber. So that's why, for example, peas or lentils, for example, which are, are very high in fiber, they release um, blood sugar very slowly because the body takes longer to digest it. Now, rice um, is digested quite quickly, yeah. but usually uh, we have rice with um, something else. So, for example, with fish or, uh, you know, with um, meat. And, and that will also 
slow down, reduce the effect on our blood sugar. And it's actually been shown that if you have faster releasing carbohydrates, like for example, bread or rice Mm -hmm. within a meal, the actual effect on the blood sugar is much lower than expected. So it is much better if you're going to have rice or if you're going to have bread, have it within a meal or with proteins or fats that will reduce the effect on your uh, blood sugar. Oh, wow. So that really just um, totally blew my mind because usually when they say um, go on a low-carb diet, they say don't eat any rice or bread, right? And so then when you're doing that, you're kind of hurting yourself with the sugar in terms of you might be producing, your sugar might not be processed properly in your body if you're not doing that. I think it's always important to follow a balanced diet, okay. so including all of the food groups um, in a balanced way. So that would be, um, for example, having 50% carbohydrates and 20% protein and 30% fats. By um, carbohydrates, I, I also include um, fruit and vegetables in there. Okay. Um, so what was so, your what was your I'm sorry what was your percentage again seventy percent what say that again <laughs> so it was um, around fifty percent carbohydrates okay twenty percent proteins okay and thirty percent fat okay so we eat this balanced meal we should be very healthy yeah and um, there are diets that recommend you know low carbohydrate diets but then there are problems with that because when you take something out of the diet you're going to be replacing it with something else so you know if if you have less carbohydrates and you're going to have far more protein and fat and that that isn't always going to suit people so for example if you have a lot of protein and fat that constipation oh so fiber is basically needed for everything because you need to get your food processed through that's right yeah Fiber is extremely important, and okay. um, you know a lot of studies have shown that you know we don't, uh, a lot of us don't eat enough fiber, yeah. and uh, it's so important because it's important for our gut microbes. It's important for us to get. It also regulates um, how full we are. So getting enough fiber means that we uh, we don't eat too much. That makes so much sense because. The other day I had a vegetable roll, you know, um, and I was so full and it was because it was full of vegetables, right? And so the fiber just went in there and filled yeah. me up. And I'm thinking yeah. there's no way this little vegetable roll is going to fill me up. And I thought maybe I'd eat some rice or something, but I hadn't. I, I was really surprised. Yeah, very filling. That's the same with a potato. That's a fiber. But it's also considered carbohydrates, isn't it? It is. Um, yes. I suppose it depends how you have it. I mean, going back to um, what you were saying about chips. So, um, you know, a jacket potato can be healthy, especially because, you know, the skin of the potato is it's very healthy. It contains lots of fiber. It contains lots of nutrients. Yeah. But you know, if, you, if you have it as chips then um, it's not so healthy because it's, uh, it's deep fried. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, when you, when, you, <laughs> when you deep fry food, you, um, you, know, you increase the, the trans fat. And, um, trans fat's very bad, correct? 
So um, fats are really, really important in the, in the diet. You know, yeah. Our brains need up of 6% fat, yeah. and you know, we definitely need fats for um, <laughs> lots of functions in the body. Yeah. But it's the type of fats that we eat. You know, the, the trans fats which you get in commercial food, so it could be things like uh, pizza, uh, pies, biscuits, etc. Oh, um, biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> I love biscuits. getting there i feel like I'm starting to get a little arthritic as i get older but maybe yeah. i need more omega-3s yeah i think you know most of us do need more omega inflammation is a big problem at the moment and um and research has shown that it's linked to so many uh different chronic diseases
unfortunately, a lot of us don't get enough omega threes, and research has shown that you know we can be the ratio of omega six to omega three in the diet. Um, that the standard Western diet at the moment can be 15 to 1 or up to 25 to 1, which is um, just far too much. And oh, wow. Yeah. It should really be below 4 to 1. And our ancestors, you know, had a much more balanced diet in that respect. A lot of people use it in cooking. And then, you know, yeah. food manufacturers uh, use it a lot. Um, although they are starting to use um, other oils like uh, rapeseed oil, which is a little better. Not only uh, are omega-3s anti-inflammatory, where um, omega-6s are pro-inflammatory, there are also other processes that uh, in the body that are balanced out by, by these two fatty acids. So, for example, um, omega-6s, they promote cell proliferation, which is cell multiplication and division. Of course, this, this is a very important process in the body as well. If that's out of balance with, with the omega-3s, which balance out this effect, then that um, can also promote cancers, which is, of course, like a, a cell multiplication and growth. So that's another process in the body that we want to balance out. And then the other um, process that omega-6s promote is uh, blood clotting. Oh. Um, and, um, and of course we need the blood clotting, but that also needs to be that balanced was... out by the uh, blood thinning action of the omega-3s. Mm. So, so yeah, it is very important that we get enough omega-3s in the diet. Wow, this is very eye-opening with the blood clotting and the cancer. Because it makes sense because your body is, it's auto, cancer is autoimmune disease, correct? Where your body is trying to kill something that it thinks is hurting your body? It's, it's not quite an autoimmune um, disease, but it's a disease where um, cells start uh, growing and multiplying uh, out of control. Uh, nobody knows, or there are several factors which, which could cause it, but of course if your diet is such that you're you know, promoting this process without balancing it out, then that's, that's not a good thing. Right. So, Don, thank you for that. Um, I just wanted to know, um, what do you have in your pantry that you think we all should have as a nutritionist? I think it's important to have foods that you enjoy. So, you know, rather than have um, what I have, just see, you know, what healthy foods you enjoy and, and stock up on that. But I did, I did um, take a note for you. Okay. Um, so I've got... <laughs> I've got... Um, Lentils, beans, nuts and seeds. So they're, they're quite important. Your nuts and seeds is good for you. Um, and then I've got um, cans of fish. So I've got um, tuna and sardines and pilchards. So, of course, your fatty fish are, are very good for you as well. Lots of um, omega-3s. Um, I've got rice, pasta, couscous, um, bulgur. Um, I've got some canned vegetables like some tin sweet corn. I've got um, oats, some dried fruits coconut oil, uh, tahini, it's a sesame seed and spread, some peanut butter, uh, some local honey, olives, fissata, herbs and spices, and flax seeds. Flax seeds. My son loves flax seeds. It's, it's very good for you. Yes, my nuclear engineer likes flax seeds. He's very into the oh. foods, too. That's another reason I'm like, oh, she's an engineer. <laughs> 
Um, now, what was the last fish you said? Tuna, sardines, what else? Pilchers. They are. Um, Pilchers? I think they're a little bit pilchards, as oh. P-I-L-P-H-A-R-D-S. I'm not sure whether they're a, a type of sardine. Okay. Um, I'm not sure why they're, they're called differently. Huh. We get them in tomatoes, yeah. and um, it, makes, it makes for a really nice um, huh. pinangla fare, so which my daughter really likes. You just put that in with some, some hot water, some onions, and I usually put some leafy greens in there as well. And, and then either we make that into a soup, and then you can either add spaghetti or um, some other noodles, and then um, top it with chopped cucumber and lettuce. Wow, I've never heard of that before. What What's that called? Uh, pinang laksa. It's a Malaysian dish. Oh. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure it's how, you know, whether yeah. that's how we make it in Malaysia, but that's yeah. always the way my mom made it. Oh. And you add some, um, some fish sauce and a squeeze of lemon. Okay, that makes sense. I was wondering if you ate Thai food. Are you of Malaysian background? Um, my parents studied in um, Malaysia, which is where they brought that recipe from. But, oh, um, interesting. Yeah, I, I, do, I do cook some Thai food, but I, yeah. I do tend to cook a variety. So yeah. I love Italian food and Japanese food. So um, yeah, <laughs> I, <as> well. <laughs> I love it too. Now, when you say coconut oil, is that the oil you use to cook with, or do you use olive oil? I use olive oil. Okay. Um, yeah. That's what I used to. So, I just wasn't sure. What do you use coconut oil for? I've never used it. Mainly for my um, skin, actually. Oh. But, um, <laughs> I, was reading, <laughs> I was reading how, um, you know, it's quite good to um, to use to spread on toast, etc. And it's, it's okay. I don't love it. I do use it to make um, oat um, cookies. Oh. So um, there's, there's a recipe on my um, one of my Instagram posts. Okay. My, my daughter can. It's, like, it's quite a healthy recipe for um, cookies. So it involves um, oats, um, coconut oil, and and dark chocolate chips. Oh um, wow! Can, uh, <laughs> it's very simple. You just mix it all together and and bake it, and it, it really is delicious. Wow. I'm definitely making those very soon. Okay. Okay, so we will talk again. Thank you for being my first official guest, Miss Dawn. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.